Saijan and Najinga. And before that one, something on Scuffed. Second EP for them, I believe, by Stones Tarot. The track's called To Rave. I thought we'd get a bit futury because she plays so many different things, but like in my heart and in my memories, Katura is like so part of the future beat scene and she's done so much for it in the UK. And so I was like, let me just play your caps and we can have a little warm bounce. How's it going? Oh, that's so nice of you to say. But it's true. <laughs> I think, yeah, I mean, if that's the case, that's great. I think I just, um, my focus is really just like on the vibe. And I think it just happens to be sounds that are a little bit more underground and you know quote unquote futuristic um but actually when i was coming here i was thinking <laughs> about playing more Better ramp it up a bit bass and like yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we've tried to meet in the middle somewhere. yeah <laughs> well yeah because i think we do have like we have a lot of common tunes in our record mm, boxes yeah and a lot of like similar i think a similar approach to djing in that like you're not someone despite your association in my mind at least and probably with a lot of other people too mm. with the future scene you're also like a dj who plays afro beats you play yeah, uk yeah. funky yeah. you play dancehall you play like some cool edits like mm. there's there's r&b in there as well um you've been a dj for about seven years is that right 2014 i think so what's that six yeah years? six years yeah yeah something like that and you're also a wicked photographer social media producer, radio presenter. Mm. Lot of, you actually have a company called Forward Slash because yes. of all the slashes. <laughs> what made yeah. you want to add DJing to the slashes? I think DJing actually feels kind of like quite a natural position to be in. I think when I was younger, like I used to always be the person who was making like mix CDs for my friends. I used to, there was like sites like LimeWire and she's like, obviously download all the music that I could find on the internet and make that like, these mix CDs uh, and I was kind of always the person who used to like give everybody the new music recommendations so it kind of feels like a natural journey to end up DJing because it's sort of like an extension of that and I remember at school um, I played the piano at school so I was in like quite the, the music room quite a lot and we had turntables mm. but the thing with that is obviously you can only practice when you're in school I didn't have any vinyls um, also quite limiting yeah definitely <laughs> uh, that's pretty amazing that your school yeah, had turntables I think so though. actually when I think about it now I was like yeah they were actually a little bit ahead of the curve maybe um, so there was like a few of my friends who had started to like get vine uh, garage vinyl and like oh like from their parents were, like building a collection so I kind of wanted to try it then and it just never really happened and then when I got to uni one of my best friends he used to DJ garage and dance hall and they're quite good for learning to beat much because a lot of the, the beat yeah, patterns... Yeah, it's very syncopated, yeah. yeah. So I started then, couldn't really like crack the beat much. And I was like, oh, forget this. And then when <laughs> I moved to London in 2012, I was like, all right, fine, I was going to do it now. Um, and then spent like six months in my bedroom. I had turntables as well and then eventually got CDJs and just spent like ages and ages like until I got this beat matching down. Um, and then from there, eventually started playing out and yeah we're here yeah so you grew up in manchester yes um which is the home of so much amazing music mm. and like so many different things and i feel like 
as an outsider, like it, it can't, I went to Union Cardiff, which is okay. much smaller than London, and mm. it kind of Manchester's much bigger than that. But it reminds me, it's got a similar thing of like everyone will come out and support each other across all kinds of genres. Yeah. It's not just like there's all these little pockets of scenes, which sometimes mm. London can be a bit like that. What was your kind of like early memories of like Manchester, like experiencing music in Manchester? Probably being at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and like and this is probably typical in a lot of Caribbean households. So my mum was Jamaican. Every Sunday was like reggae. Wow. Every Sunday morning without fail. Amazing. Um, on the turntable. And then later on, like on the there's loads of like pirate radio stations and they used to all uh play like either like gospel or reggae. So probably being at home and then again, yeah, being around like family and like family parties, there's always like loads of kids and there's just like music blasting. Um I remember especially in the summer. Um, I always remember like being the one who ended up like falling or having some kind of injury. Like as a kid, you're just all over the place. And then I remember actually, I think, I don't know how old I was. I remember being pretty young, but um, my uncle had a friend who was like security at like the Manchester Evening News Arena and Lauren Hill was there. And Amazing. somehow we all got into this this this, wow. this gig it was the miseducation of Lauren Hill so I think I was pretty young yeah and I remember like that being like the first gig that I went to that's I don't think, pretty I don't, cool <laughs> I don't think we were there for the full show and I don't remember the, the specifics of how we got in there but I remember being in there so I remember that very vividly um and another thing I remember is in primary school the first CD that I bought I didn't buy it actually I, it's it's in my possession I remember I think I swapped it with someone the first CD was uh, No Doubt Don't Speak. Oh, wow. I, re- I don't know how. Such a banger. Yeah. I used to like really want to be Gwen Stefani. <laughs> Why not? She's very cool. She's, She's so very, cool. very cool. Also, I, what I really liked, which I think is quite similar to my musical upbringing, is that she kind of is a meeting point between dancehall and punk. Mm. And I think a lot of people would like who don't know about either scene would be like, how do they fit together but there is actually like a big overlap especially when you look into the history of punk music and like it was very kind of like connected to Scar Mm. so yeah for me I was like huh interesting but yeah yeah. wow it's pretty good and then bring it right back up to date I saw you play a couple of weeks ago at Village Mm. Cuts which was so much fun that was a really fun gig it felt like the, everything was just right yeah yeah it was a really like honestly that and when I played at Bailey London like, at your night Boy. there was like just when you end up with those crowds who are so receptive and really just want to be there for the music and no one's going to come up to you and like request Rihanna or Drake and you're yeah. just like yes let's do this and people are there and the, for the music and then I can really just push it as much as possible in terms of like sound wise how far like left can I go and are people still with me and you look out into the crowd and people are still enjoying it and you're like yes I really enjoyed that that gig yeah it was so fun and you yeah you smashed it at Bailey London as well Thank which you. again it felt like the energy was just right from the beginning mm. and so everybody was like ready to hear yeah. new stuff which is the point of running nights yeah, in London yeah, yeah. I think or I anywhere agree. really like obviously you want to have people dance but for me as a DJ, I always feel like you win when you get people to dance to stuff they don't necessarily yes, know. <laughs> that is, yeah. You you trick them. Yeah, yeah, stealth. Like I definitely do miss doing nights because of that. Um, yeah, because you ran So Future yeah. as a night. It's now like an online platform where yeah. people have, like you've had some amazing guests on there. Um, yeah, it's a mix series. So I've had like 50 yeah. mixes over the past 
I don't know, maybe two years. Obviously, you did a mix as well. well um, so, but that mix is like one of my faves that I've done. Yeah? Yeah, it was that. great. And it did really well. Like, people were always sort of talking about it. And it felt like, even though I could put a mix out and do whatever, because it was for you, I was like, okay, let me just make sure I frame this correctly. And oh, then it made that. sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was the extra effort. No, it was good. I mean, I always stress out when I do radio mixes. I find it really oh, hard. Same. Yeah. Same, same, same. Because that is the thing with a club, is you can just, like, go yeah. crazy. What um what so what what is your plans for the night then? Are you planning to do more? Well, I would like to. Um, so I used to it used to be monthly at the Alibi in Dalston, and that was great because like similar to like what we we're talking about, Ballet London and Village Cuts, we just ended up with a really open crowd. So I was able to play whatever and bring in producers and DJs, and everyone could kind of just free to do their thing and not kind of feel like they had to, you know work to a certain music policy so the alibi closed down unfortunately um so ideally i would like to do another night i think probably not monthly it's quite a lot it's pretty um intense to go from one to the next it's quite kind of relentless actually so maybe not as frequent maybe quarterly um and maybe try and incorporate some kind of live element into it so i'm not sure yet but 2020 i feel like i definitely need to start doing nights again mm. but it's just like i don't know time energy but you've done so much other stuff as well. Like you performed with Princess Nokia at Glastonbury. You played oh, on the so headline fun. stage at festival. Like when I saw you do the Princess Nokia show, I was just like, "Oh my god, that is amazing!" That was that taught me so much. I learned so much from being on tour with an artist. What did you learn, and how many shows did you do? I think we did about five shows, um, different UK festivals. One of them was Meltdown as well. I think Meltdown was the first one. But what I really learned was so. Obviously, I am not a person who DJs and has a microphone. I don't have that kind of interaction with the crowd, and I'm fine with that. Um, although when I observe people who do do that, particularly at festivals, mm. it's a really good way to get people engaged. And what I what I learned from being on the stage, like even before the artist comes on and, and it's just you and this audience and they're ready to go and they really just want to be amped up. Like whatever you give them energy wise, they'll give it straight back to you. So it doesn't even have to be verbal, just kind of creating the atmosphere and playing the right songs and the way you drop it and, you know, letting them know that you're there is a really, it, like that brings all of the energy out. Are there particular tunes that you were like in that? Because I've played before artists and it's also quite stressful because you're thinking like, are they going to come on on time and do I need to feel for a bit? Yeah, yeah. And there's a sort of like a panic in the last 15 minutes of like, and I'm building to this thing, but am I going to get there or are they just got me yeah, on? Yeah, yeah. What were your like killer tunes at that point in the set? Do you remember? Um, I can't even remember, you know, what I do remember, the Glastonbury one. The set times were confused. So actually they had like put her in a two hour slot and the set was like, I don't know, 45 minutes. So as it was coming towards the end, they were like, well, the tent's open. Do you, this slot's free. Do you want to keep playing? And I was like, not sure now because obviously they're here to see Princess Nokia. Yeah. It's, it's hip hop, you know, it's rap even. And I was like, I'm mm, not sure. And I was like, oh, do you know what? We're here. Let's just do it. And then ended up playing for like 45 minutes and that was one of the best sets because by then like the energy is everyone just wants to stay like she's got off the stage they've accepted that you know her set's finished <laughs> and you're here and everyone was so receptive and it's Glastonbury like people are nice at Glastonbury they're there for the music and want to have a good time mm. and I really remember there's um, an edit by Kingdom uh, I think it says like Ciara Kingdom edits edit. are the best oh my god this is like the ultimate club edit and mm. I remembered like that just smashing out and everyone would be like yeah amazing <laughs> i really remember that 
Uh, you also went to Ghana. We're going to chat about that. Yeah. Let's play something from Gafachi's EP that just dropped. I've got a selection of a few. Which one do you want to play? Let's play Trotro. Katura, my special guest, it's Emily Dust on Soho Radio. Thank you. 
Katira, did you go in, on any trochos when you were in Ghana? I did not. I value my life, so I just stuck to uh, we, Ubers and official taxis. <laughs> we went on one just so we could say we'd done it, and mm. I was like, okay, yeah, no. <laughs> Met some really cool people though. It's good yeah. for social. It's good for chatting. Yeah. Yeah. So you were in Ghana over New Year. Yeah, twenty uh, seventh. Yeah, into with January. A ton of UK people. Yes, there was a lot of UK people. This, I got there. when I was there. They were like, "Ah, oh, you should come in December." It's like like being in London. I was like, "Well, I'd quite like to see Ghana actually." But <laughs> it was good though. Yeah, there was. There was um, I was super jealous. I'm not hating. I'm. I am hating because I was jealous. There was. Um, it was nice, like bumping into people that you know. But we also obviously like went and did a lot of stuff that like most London people didn't go to. So it was kind of a nice mix of, I don't know, it's weird as well, like bringing the new year and obviously everyone's like very like emotional and you have this like super sentimental feeling. So mm. it was nice like seeing like friends or, you know, friends of friends, people that you know, like um, at that time. But yeah, we had the most amazing time in Ghana. You were there for Afro Nation, right? Uh, yeah, the Afro Nation was on while we were there. Amazing. Um, How was it? Did you play? I did play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, an unplanned set, actually. Amazing. Um, yeah, it was really cool. It was obviously it's on the beach, so like that straight away is just <laughs> it's just magical. Like being right near there near the water, and you've got like the beach and the sand, um, and all the production and the staging was really cool. Um, and yeah, it's just like very again, like people like a very receptive audience. Um, seen some great acts i think wiz kid was probably the best to me like amazing this season like performer and he had a band and they just smashed it man yeah yeah it was cool what were your other like highlights of visiting the country um ooh, we went to um <laughs> we went to uh it wasn't a conservation center um i forgot the name of it but it's essentially like every single plant and tree that exists oh, in Ghana. Yeah, um, the national park. Is that, was it Ka national? Kaku Ka with the no, walkway. Is it separate from the walkway? They're ah. the different different places. Yeah. So this one, um, I can't remember what it's called, but it was fascinating. Like, oh, this is this. This is a cacao tree. This is a planting tree. This is this. And the guy who like was taking us around was obviously like really well like really yeah. knowledgeable so yeah. everything about and this is what you use for this and if you ever get bitten by this you use this and yeah it was really informative um but i think just in general just really like getting to experience ghana yeah um it's just yeah and the people everyone is like really open and really nice like linked up with gafachi shout out gafachi every time him and his friends and djing for them at their party oh wicked um, these guys from berlin and is that um the through my speakers guys yeah, 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 yeah. Really nice guys. Um, and I think that was a lot of my experience just meeting like really nice people. It's good. I think when I was there, which was 2018, it, there wasn't really an underground scene. And obviously Gafachi is so kind of internationally minded with his mm. music. It's wicked to hear that he's like now kind of putting energy into like creating a scene there and yeah. like helping because i think it's hard for underground producers like it's weird there's it struck me that there's like a big gulf between like the big afrobeats mm. artists and then like the emerging artists are, like, yeah and it's very hard to get yeah, exposure yeah, yeah. if you're yeah. underground or diy mm. so it's good to hear that there are more platforms opening up yeah and i think like he said like gafachi is like probably one of like the better known um outside of ghana but there's definitely a scene there yeah and there's like you know, like groups and collectives and people that are like collaborating and, and doing cool things together. So I think it's just going to continue to grow, really. Well, who are the other artists you mentioned one off air that you discovered? Yeah. So uh, these guys called Super Jazz Club. Yeah. 
really really cool uh they did a live performance at the party that i dj'd at as well sick um so one's producer one is um, a vocalist and they were just really really good and you're like yo like what it's really like nice blend of like r&b with like a touch of you know like typical ghana like it's just a really nice nice blend of music um so they sent me like yeah five or six tracks and i've just like been playing them on my show since i got back Wicked. so yeah it's exciting nice uh speaking of gafachi you're gonna jump into the mix that's yes. the first tune so for the next 20 minutes or so mm-hmm. it's gonna be katura in the mix on soho radio <laughs> Come 
man with the big and tall. Pretty man, no feet do. No be small thing go. We got the place on lock. Everything rice and stew. Pretty man, no feet do. No be small thing go. We got the place on lock. Everything rice and stew. Rice and stew. Rice and stew. Everything rice and stew. Rice and stew. Rice and stew. Everything rice and stew. Rice and stew. Rice and stew. Everything rice and stew. We got the place on lock. Everything rice and stew. Thing. Yeah, too much, too much. I'm on the thing too much. Oh, yeah, too much, too much. I'm on the thing too much. Oh, yeah, too much, too much. I'm on the thing too much. Oh, yeah, too much.
Katura, that was wicked. Thank you. I enjoyed that. Yeah, it was quick, but it was, I enjoyed it. It also went like up in pace. <laughs> Not necessarily tempo, but it just suddenly super quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did you play in there? Uh, so I played... Oh, good question. Um... Started off with Gafachi. Uh, I played a DJ Native Son edit of an edit that KG had done oh, of cool. an IMDDB track. Uh, Machuka, My Bad Sister. What else did I play? I just played an edit, like a dub, of a Millionaire by I think it is Kino and Six Style. Um, yeah, I'll give you the track list. I yes, actually please. can't even remember we'll what I put it up. Thank you so much for coming Thanks through. For having me, Emily. It was a pleasure and long overdue as yes. well. Oh my gosh, so long overdue. <laughs> um, and not the last time either. So if you've just not. tuned in and missed it, don't worry. You can catch Katua again on the show, but you can also listen back on mixcloud.com slash Soho 